Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 72 of the Eve's Drop Podcast. This week is brought to you by DoorDash, Full Sail University. We had the optic van incident there, not no championship. Uh, and Hims, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them later on today. For now, we're going to say hello to my little brother, Mr. Billy Mental. Mental, mental, mental. Man, I'm excited to be on here. It's been a, been a while since I've been in the Hex quarters. Dude, so many... You're on everybody's mouth in the last two weeks. <laughs> uh, obviously, I don't need you to confirm or deny or anything about that. We're just here to talk about you and and your path and uh, your ultimate tweet that said that you were going to be moving to Call of Duty mm-hmm. and what led to such a decision. Um, we have uh, three trophies right here. Uh, another one up there because it couldn't fit and then like three more over <laughs> there. I just wanted to prove a point. You know, you, you're no slouch. This is a <laughs> man that's been competing not just competing, but winning, a winning mentality, a winning um, history. So it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that you have had that much of a, of, um, you've been on a lot of people's mouths, not mm-hmm. mouths, but minds and, and, and with good reason. Obviously, you, you, you made a tweet and you, uh, you pretty much said that, what did you say in the tweet? Uh, I had two tweets, like about a week or two apart. Mm-hmm. First one saying, I'm considering it. Uh, depending if I can offer or just see it's gonna feel called either for like a couple weeks and then the second one which was about a week or two ago I mentioned that I was making the full switch yeah and um, yeah that was before I even got an offer or anything I just I, I just said like why not I'm gonna just do take that chance you know what yeah. I mean so that's uh, ultimately where I'm at right now very cool let me ask you this um, have you been playing Call of Duty mm-hmm. I have been uh, I've been I mean I played a lot of the Black Ops 4 when it came out I played some WW2 when it came out. Um, even now, the last month, I've been grinding like every single day, just clocking a lot of hours. Uh, in in what sort of like in uh, are you playing like uh, tens? Are you playing? I mean, eights now, right? Are you playing eights? Are you playing Warzone? What sort of uh, Call of Duty are you playing? Um, for the most part, Chow's, which would be like just uh, money eights, uh, yeah. wagers, S and D's, respawns, everything. Um, I recently just played a Hitch throwback as well. But we have like a group DM I have with some Gears friends and Halo friends that are all uh, trying to make the switch as well. So yeah. we've just been grinding together and playing a lot of challenges and just wages and tournaments, honestly. And uh, before Gears, did, like, what was your first game? What game did you start playing? What was um, the, the one game that, you know, you played? Did you play Call of Duty in the past, like Call of Duty 4, Call of Duty? Like, how, how back do you go? I mean, I've played all the Call of Duties for the most part. It's just, I mean... Black Ops 4 is the one I probably grinded the most. I put a lot of hours into that when it came out the first three months. And then after that, I didn't really play. But honestly, Black Ops 4 is probably the most grinded game I have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think I'm pretty decent at, like, at all the Call of Duties, even WW2. So I might throw the uh, might play the WW2 throwback as well. I'm still thinking about it. But honestly, just Black Ops 4, I've been grinding a lot. And that's the game I'm still playing in the offseason right now. Got it. All right. So let's start from the very beginning. How old are you? Uh, 22. 22, where are you from originally? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Paint Louis is what us graffiti writers used to call it. Paint oh, really? Louis. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so you're 22. When did you start gaming? When was like the, your, your, your start? Eight years old, honestly. Eight years old, I started playing a lot of Gears War 1, um, Call of Duty 3, mm-hmm. Halo 1, all that. So I started when I was like eight, and that mm-hmm. honestly like 90% of the days since I started comp- like playing video games I've probably played every single day. Um when when you started you said Gears of War was was Gears of War 1 your first in like introduction to video games or online gaming? Uh yes it was. Online Down gaming Halo 1, yeah. When you were 8 years old. Yeah. And how did you compare to other people that you were playing online? Um it was random but my older brother kind of just hand me the controller one time and I got like three kills with the sniper on canals and gears one I was like I kind of like this game so I picked it up from there and that's like the first game I played and it just everything came together like I started playing other games Halo Call of Duty um like just Nintendo games Super Smash all that and you had the same sort of uh, aim like you, you you had this this sort of uh I don't want to call it gift yet because it it did obviously become into a gift, uh, but but was it something that you immediately said? Oh, I'm kind of above average at this thing that I I feel like I can just. When you're good at something, it makes you want to play it 
or it makes you want to do it mm-hmm. that that much more just simply because you're good at it and you want to get better at it and is is you know people say that video games are addicting they're not it's how good you are at a specific video game that makes you want to play it over and over and mm-hmm. over again that can be that can be confused for addiction um how were your parents with with you uh playing and were you put clocking in a lot of hours or was it just um honestly my parents weren't too thrilled about it because I was a pretty good athlete growing up. Baseball and all that. I played travel. Like, I would go to different states. I was really good. So, Just baseball? Uh, yeah, baseball. And then I even switched schools to play football, but um, a lot of stuff happened from that. So I just went to full-on gaming. But, I mean... And what, what age were you? Like, in high school? 16, 17? Uh, just around there, yeah. Yeah? In the middle school. Start of high school. Were you playing in, like, actual competitions yet? Like, LAN events, tournaments? Um... For gaming, uh, fifteen for ba- uh for Gears War UE, I mm-hmm. think I was sixteen maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was around that age I started going to my first events. And how did those turn out? Um, my very first one, major, uh, we won. It was with Solar's Explosive and Lava, I believe. And before Holy? fifteen or sixteen, really, it's hard to keep track sometimes. Yeah. So fifteen and sixteen, and you won your first major, and it was in Gears, uh, old teammate Solar's, uh, who's it? Lava. And Love a T1. Explosive. Yeah. An explosive. So you've been playing with explosive for the longest time. Yeah, five or six years. Five or six years. Yeah, we even started playing Call of Duty together in AW. Mm-hmm. And we, that's when we actually started teaming. And then when Gears of War UE came out, that's when we became like real teammates. So it's been a while. So your your path, obviously, to, to where you are at today, was it... When you say your parents were not happy because you were a good athlete... Did, how did you get them how do you convince them to let you do this thing was it something where you're like look look at my scoreboard or look at these checks that I'm winning honestly um I think my teammates are in the same boat as me like uh, the one we won the first major going to the game we were like we're probably not gonna travel for this game if we win these first couple online tournaments that give us good money maybe all parents will let us and uh, maybe you know we could use that money to go to the event yeah and that's exactly what we did and we even won that first event so once I got in like a real paycheck, like these thousands coming in from the first event, my parents were. How much was it? Uh, I think it was like six k each. Six thousand dollars each. It wasn't at too 16 bad. Sixteen years old. Yeah. So like at the time, they're like, okay, this is this is real. Yeah. And then like gears just kept announcing more prizings and like bigger prize pools, and like it just got more real and real, like as time went. And yeah, by the time I was 18, I moved down here, and the circuit got even bigger, like three mil or two mil. Yeah. So down here, you mean Texas. Texas. Uh, were you here before us, or is it three years that you've been since you've been here? Three years since I've been here. I moved at eighteen, so going on four. So you're twenty-two at sixteen. It's been six years since your career truly began, and and you've gone down this path where um, you you've sort of solidified yourself as the best, if not one of the best, Gears of War player. Not because anybody handed that to you, but because through through your aim and abilities, you were mm-hmm. able to successfully repeat over and over and over. The things that you've done. How many total championships have you had in the? I mean, call it in your entire career, if you can. Um, twenty-two majors. I'm a, I, yeah, twenty-two majors. Twenty-two majors. How many does Scump have? Twenty-four. Let me look. In the meantime, um, so that that's no joke, right? Obviously, you're you're at the top, and 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 whether or not there's viewership for your particular esport or not, it doesn't matter. The competition is the competition, mm-hmm. and twenty-eight. So Scump has twenty-eight. Uh, Crim Six is at thirty-five, I believe, or thirty-two, something along those lines. So you're you're uh, you're you're close to those numbers, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. um, if you look at at uh, at at the o- at ogre, at the, what is it, Tom Ryan Ogre? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at him, he's he's up there too in terms of championships in Halo, and everybody respects that, and everybody follows that, and everybody's like, yeah, that's that's one of the goats of of a console esports mm-hmm. because he won that much. You have sort of already gotten there in six years. You're twenty-two now. Um, and you've sort of solidified yourself in this, like as, as I just mentioned, it's one of the best, if not the best. And now you have decided to make the transition to a different esport. Um, a lot of people have done that before you. Some of them have succeeded. Some of them, have, the majority of them, have, have not. I always forget about enable, so I'm going to say enable first. Mm-hmm. Enable was one of the first. Oh well, I think formal was the first one. Then enable. Um, who else? Uh, Crim Six did it very, very early on. And obviously now you. And if I'm forgetting anybody, I apologize. Shotzi, um, Shotzi, yeah. yeah. and uh, and Hook, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I forget a lot of people. I apologize. My, my brain's <laughs> old. Um, neither here or there. So once you've once 
once you've seen these these dudes switch from their esports to this one, mm-hmm. did you say like if they can do it, I can do it too? Um, I mean, I I don't really look at other people and like base like what they can do is what I can do. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like know what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? So if I mean it's I guess it's a mindset I have. Um, I feel like I've just been really good at Call of Duty, and it's like one of the games where like year by year I watch like COD champs or something after like a year's event with the team. I was like. I wish I was in those moments, like those clutch situations. They just, just some about it, you know, it's just like yeah. bigger and all that. So honestly, that's that's where I'm at with that. I mean, honestly, I just have a lot of faith in myself. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a good track record. Now, what makes you, what makes you say right? Because obviously, the Halo, the Halo kids that came over, they are playing a first person shooter. Mm-hmm. You come from a third person shooter perspective, where it's obviously completely different than what we play we've been playing lately right or that we play in call of duty Mm -hmm. was that a hard transition for you to to sort of figure out or was it easier honestly it just came natural i I don't see anything like different from it honestly like going from third person to first like third person to first person it doesn't really matter to me like my off time when i play gears of war i usually play first person shooters like if it's cs valorant um like just all kind of battle royale games and then like call of duty and then halo i play them all so Honestly, it just feels the same to me. Yeah. So you, you go from seeing your character and your character's movements and, and and actually seeing your guy be, you know, wall bouncing or doing whatever to in a first-person perspective mm-hmm. where your gun's the only thing you see, no difference. It's just point and click. Literally or, no difference for me, I swear. I mean, if anything, third-person feels weirder to me. Now it does? or mm-hmm. well, No, just in general. Like, I play a lot of games, and it's like I play less gears than... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play a lot. I play a lot more first person than third person, even when I compete at the highest level in Gears. Yeah, so Gears of War. Obviously, you you you're 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 very accomplished in it. You won us. I mean, obviously they're here. You won us a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of championships. I can't ever thank you for that. Obviously, like you you guys represented represented my brand uh, to 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 the most perfect way that you could have. Right, not only were you guys good kids, but also you exemplified what it means to be a champion. Um, Explosive is one of my favorite people in this world. You're one of my favorite people in this world, just simply because you guys come from a and 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 this is something that 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 I don't get, but it sort of shows in the way that you act online. Okay, uh, obviously, Explosive is a very very talkative person. Mm-hmm. Everybody in Gears is the fucking point yeah. and talk shit. Talk You're the shit. guy that just sits there, right? Yeah. Do, do you have those moments where you get up and then you point at people or um, I've never few and far between? I've never had that moment like on land or something. I kind of just like keep to myself and yeah. just focus. Like yeah. it's never over. Like even if I'm up four zero, like going first to five in Gears, um, it's never over because I've been in scenarios where I'm down four zero and we come back and win, and then like the other teams just like astonished now. Like now they're in their own heads. Like mm-hmm. I was talking all this shit and now we lost. Now they just it's just it's not a good feeling. So like I just never been that guy. I just mm-hmm. like to keep composed and just keep thinking the next. Yeah. Like even after I win an event, it's like it's a good win, but like I want to win the next one. So I always just keep the eyes forward. That's crazy, man. Again, uh, when when your boys are getting up there and, and and you know getting the crowd riled up and then talking shit to the like I I you know as a team owner which and which I never ever point at anybody or talk shit yeah. like that. It kind of made me want to do it, right? It yeah. kind of wanted me to do, made, yeah. made me want to jump in with with Gil. But yeah, Gil, get their ass, <laughs> man. You know what I'm saying? Like scream, uh, but. Obviously, you don't, and and it reflects on the way that you act on Twitter, right? Like when everybody was talking shit, when everybody was fucking upset, when everybody was like had all their opinions formed about you before knowing you, before even researching you, before even giving you a shot to do something. A lot of people were talking shit. You yeah. said nothing. You said nothing. Why? Honestly, it's just like it doesn't matter to me. Like I could be the best player in the world, and if they think I'm ass, and it's like I don't care as long as I'm doing what I'm doing and like, just doing me. That's all that matters, and just looking like like i said just keeping my ass forward and just i want to be the best like i want to be the best call of duty player now so if i'm not the best then it doesn't really matter to me they can talk all that shit but i mean i get it i get their standpoint all that it's whatever but i just, i'm just Wait, here to what play point? what point do you get um i mean i just i, I get the feeling like um they want to be noticed and all that so, mm-hmm. yeah, i get it so it's like i can see it's a little bit more pressure on them but at the end of the day like if you're that good you'll get your shot and yeah that's the i think that's what they don't get and it's honestly just coming down to mindset for them i think i think what separates like the best from like amateurs is mindset and i don't think all the amateurs have that mindset Mm -hmm. and maybe some do and those are the ones that get noticed so yeah and you think that 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 amateur mindset 
is something that people can grow out of the more that they that they concentrate on things. So you can't really blame them, right? Like, I mean, that, that's that's an amateur mindset, right? To mm-hmm. be like, oh, somebody's taking my spot. Where if this person didn't exist in this world, your spot would still be taken by somebody else and not you, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's it, it ultimately. I mean, who's I think Zuma said it, that if you're good enough, you're going to be picked. It, yeah. The period, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a good teammate, if you have a good attitude, you're going to get picked. Now, I I personally don't put a lot of weight into into the weight. The, the way people act online um, I, I don't mind if people talk shit online I don't, I don't mind the way that uh, a lot of people say that um, that organizations pay a lot of attention to the way that people act on Twitter and the way that it's like you're not saying anything racist any homo, anything homophobic or anything like uh, outlandish yeah. like I don't give a shit if you're talking shit to other people or if you feel entitled that you should have done something or if you feel a certain way about something right like you can say whatever you want that's your account and sure some some listen I'm not giving anybody a pass here there are organizations that care about that and they should I just you know it's, it's just not me I know that I'm not the perfect person I know that I talk a lot of shit and I can't even back it up sometimes right in, in mm-hmm. game that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about yeah. so for me it's like you know pe- people can can talk their shit that's never going to reflect badly in my opinion if, if if I come across a player that that scump and company pick as as uh, as as one of the replacements for whoever I'm not going to go and you know look through shit like I'm going to see whether or not they've been on the news for saying racist shit or for saying mm-hmm. um you know, homophobic. Yeah, it's yeah, all land of shit. Uh, but aside from that, man, you know, freedom of speech. Do your thing. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent either way. Um, so I, I got to commend you, right? A, a lot of people are, were talking a lot of shit. And when I would see something like that, I would want to say something, but I'm like, that's not my fight. That's not on my business. Uh, but it got to the point to where I felt like I needed to make a video to, to, to sort of explain something to people. And you know, the, the video did really well, right? A lot of people understood that this is, you're just one dude that's trying to make a living a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what happened in Gears? Like, what made you say that, you know, this, this eSport that has given you so much, what made you say is like, all right, you know, we've, we've done a lot together. It's, it's, it's time for me to move on. Was it the viewership in Call of Duty? Because it sure as hell couldn't have been the money because the money's there in Gears. What was the change that made you, was it a personal challenge that you're like, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I've done everything that I needed to do. It's time to move on to something else. New challenge. I mean, I guess it's like money a little bit too because the prize pool went down a lot. But at the end of the day, um, I just wasn't enjoying the games like I used to in the other Gears of Wars. Um, I feel like this new game, Gears 5, is very noob friendly. And um, there's just not that big of a skill gap, which I don't enjoy that much. Like anybody could be really good at it. And on top of that... um, it's kind of weird, like, knowing, like, the viewers aren't there in Gears like they are in, like, Call of Duty or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, year by year or month by month, there's times where, like, I question, like, how much longer do I have in Gears, you know? Yeah. Like, and I just see Call of Duty and I just see, like, a lot of growth in that every year and, like, the longevity is, like, there for that. So, I want to have a stable job and something I don't have to worry about, like, every other day or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. Now, obviously, with, with Gears, the, the, the history is there. Um, you've been playing it. That was like your first esport. Was it more about if it wasn't the money and, it, it, and it's and it's Call of Duty something you see is like is that like the person the new personal challenge for you like you gotta win a championship here because if you look at if you look at uh, I mean Shotzi year one was it was Shotzi's this rookie year was that his rookie yeah. year I think so his rookie year he comes in and wins a a, a world championship CDL mm-hmm. world championship are you from the from that mentality where you're like. Or do, do you, again, do what you said and just concentrate on you and what you can do? Or do you see that as a challenge that you got to beat? Um, I probably won't think too much of that. I mean, honestly, I want to win really bad at the same time, so that's the goal. Um, but I just want to focus on getting better and becoming the best team possible in Call of Duty and just learning the game, like the ins and outs of the game. So, But honestly, yeah, I want to win. That's all I want to do is win. How, how, far along, how far along have you gotten into, uh, like, have you played any AMs? When you play those challenges, are you constantly facing pros and, and, uh, and challengers? Or is that just other AMs that just, like, want to want to compete in this thing? Um, it's like a bunch of S&D stars. Like, I guess the people that grinded Black Ops 4 a lot, that um, even the kids, like, that won the uh, Hitch throwback, mm-hmm. I played them a few times. They're really good. Um, I mean, I play against, like, the best S&D kids, pretty much. And then, like, the hitch throwback was the first time I played pros in a while, like, on Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Um, that how, did, pretty, how did you guys do? Um, well, we didn't do too well, actually, the okay. team and I. But, I mean, personally, I feel like I played pretty good. Um, we played, we lost to Hook, Illy, Selium, and Losers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that's about that. But that's the first time I played pros. But I feel like I can definitely hang with them. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, that's all I was, like, I guess testing myself that weekend for. 
But other than that, just, you were just checking to see if you could shoot back. Yeah, I feel like I can definitely shoot back. Yeah, <laughs> I think I had about five k damage in a hard point. And we lost two fifty to one twenty, so like uh, that that alone's like pretty good, I guess. But yeah, is is that gonna be a challenge? Do you think like uh like you know everybody talks about PC players who are gonna be moving over to Call of Duty if Call of Duty ever goes to cross platform and you're allowed to use a keyboard and mouse. Um, one one of the one of the one of the definite maybes is whether or not they're going to be able to keep up on response because response unlike any other thing that they've ever played is not the same thing mm -hmm. right the, traditionally everybody that's played call of duty uh professionally on pc they all come from an snd background not necessarily a domination or yeah. uh hardpoint headquarters uh situation so one of my 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 bigger maybes is whether or not they're going to be able to keep up in in uh, in the response because there's there's a lot of intricacies to that right like mm -hmm. there there are actual positions that need to be played there are actually spawn systems that you need to be aware of um, is that the toughest part that you've had to get used to have you gotten used to it how I, do you feel you're adjusting I feel like I've already been kind of used to that but obviously I feel like I have work to do on that end but coming from gears like escalations the game mode is like kind of like domination. Um, it, it, I guess it kind of got me ready for this. So honestly, I'm pretty familiar with Hardpoint. The only thing I would have to be concerned of is like domination, which I don't think is the next Call of Duty mm, competitively. So, but, but either way, I, I'm pretty comfortable with Hardpoint. Control is pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty easy. And mm -hmm. then Search, I play a lot. So I feel like I'm pretty comfortable in the game modes. I just need to do a little bit better in the response side, and that'd be it. Cool. Now, obviously, uh, there, there's a lot of... Uh there's a lot of concern from everybody. Well, the majority of the people that were making talking points out about your situation is that one, you haven't announced what team you're going to, or whether or not you've actually been picked up, right? Like everybody, mm -hmm. the, this is all speculation. Um, I don't want you to answer this. It's none of my business, and this this should be something that, that that you announce on your own terms. But did it feel? Did did you expect it to be as negative of a reception? You coming in here? Because I was actually like mind blown that people were just like. It's disrespectful to the AMC and to just let this dude just walt waltz on onto a team uh, to to compete, you know, like without going through challenges, without going through this thing. Um, I personally saw it as like he decided at the at the right time for him to step into something. He has a good resume, um, obviously a winning mentality. So for him to walk onto a team, not even as a starter, because I don't know if you would or wouldn't. But even if it was, even if it was you, like, you're not proven yet, right? Mm -hmm. So the risk is actually on the team and the ton of pressure that goes to you is going to determine and it's going to be another testament of your winning mentality, right? Because there's a lot of people saying, saying negative shit, like how dare he just fucking come on here. Like what do they expect, right? Like mm -hmm. is, is it? everybody's job is always on the line. There's somebody in, in, in competition, whether it's games, whether it's video games or sports or anything, there's always someone nipping at your toes or your heels trying to get in the position that you're in. That's what competition is, right? I've, I've been competitive all my life, right? All my life has been everything's competition. I mean, mm -hmm. even the art, my favorite art form is graffiti, which is the only art form I think in the world that's an actual competition to see who can paint more, to see who can have a different, uh, a better wild style, a better 3D style, a better, like everything that I've done in my life has been competition. And mm -hmm. when I knew that I didn't have the hand-eye coordination to be a professional player, then I focused myself on being the best CEO that I can be, the best team manager that I can be, and that has been my whole thing. I, my team has to be better than everybody else's. Like my story has to be better than everybody else's. Now, is is that the sort of mentality that you're approaching this thing? Because I sure as hell don't think that you were like, you know, I'm gonna go into this fucking scene and disrespect everybody in there and just get in there. Of course, that, I mean, that wasn't the plan. I wasn't trying to disrespect anybody. Um, I didn't know what kind of feedback I was gonna get with any kind of announcement. But I mean, I guess we see now, but at the end of the day, like, I kind of just look at the support rather than the hate, mm -hmm. and I mean nothing gets to me either or. But, but yeah, honestly, that's where I'm at right now. I just gotta keep my head down and play the play the game. Like that's what they should be doing too. They shouldn't be worried about who got what. If their times, time, like if their times right, then they'll get the opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Well, you know, Shotzi coming. You know, I was as you're saying that, I'm thinking about Shotzi and when he came into the league. I don't remember anybody talking shit about him coming into the league. I do remember people talking shit about Formal though. I do remember that, but that was Maven's fault because Maven <laughs> was so in love with Formal. You couldn't get Formal's 
uh, earlobe out of uh, <laughs> I don't want to say dick you know what I'm saying so you couldn't get Formal's earlobe out of Maven's mouth like he would just sing praises <laughs> whether he did something cool mm -hmm. or not like Maven was all about him so obviously like that was like man like like this dude was hyping him up Formal's biggest hype man was Maven at the beginning and even I got annoyed I'm like yo like he's getting his ass beat dude like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. but he saw what everybody else who have seen him play in Halo saw that this dude is so good at aiming, so good at hand-eye coordination that there's no chance that he doesn't become a top player. That's what mm -hmm. they saw. I expect the same thing from a simple, right? A simple, uh, uh, a shroud, if he decided to pick up a, a controller. Like, the aim is there, right? It, it, aim and knowledge of the game is the ultimate divider, right? And, and let's say this. Let's say it wasn't whatever. Let's say it was me that picked you up. And mm -hmm. let's say I just picked you up because I liked you. You represented my brand well. You won me a lot of championships. Let's just say that I picked you because you're my favorite person in the world. Do you think that when you get on main stage, my favoritism towards you is going to help you in any way? Or is it just going to be left up to you and your own devices? It's going to be left up to me, honestly. Right. Yeah. So I don't understand where this whole thing comes from, where, where, where people get a little bit. Look, I understand. I, I get it. I get if 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 you're if you're putting your argument on the basis of whether or not you went through the appropriate challengers Challenge, to yeah. do that. Fine, have that conversation. But whether or not you deserve to be here or not means nothing to nobody, and it only means to those who are investing money in you, who are backing you in this decision, and you and you alone. Because at the end of the day, bro, like let's say I gave you that shot and I paid you the money and I put you on the starter spot. If you shit the bed, that's on you. You're yeah. the one that's doing that, right? The safety net that comes with you, though, that other people don't have, is the fact that you can always go back to your main eSport and continue to make money the way that, that you have in the past, right? So is that, does that come into effect, or you're just like, that's the past? Yeah, honestly, I'm looking at it, that's like the past. Like, no matter what, I'm going to make in Call of Duty, and that's my mindset, so I'm just going to keep playing that. I don't really have a back net in mind, honestly. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing in Call of Duty, and that's where I'm at with that. What's uh what's what's been your 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 practice approach to that? Is it all have you gone back to play this just as for fun, or are you playing anything else? Because I know you got a super high rank in Counter Strike, right? Like on, on ESEA, how high how high did you get? Um, like A rank, but I've been playing Valorant like on the downtime, which I got to like Immortal Three Radiant. Mm -hmm. But what's the highest uh, rating? Radiant is the highest. Radiant? Yeah, it goes Immortal. It goes all the way down, then Immortal Three, then Radiant. So I be, I go from like Immortal Three and Radiant. Okay, so you're just good at every point and shoot game. Have even, you have you tried anything else like uh, League of Legends, Dota, or even StarCraft? I mean, those games don't really interest me, but like more so just shooters, like first person. But um, like when I was making the decision to quit Gears, I actually had in mind maybe Valorant as well, but. That's I play that on mouse and key as well, so I don't know. But Call of Duty, just something about it. I just want to play it. And that's so I, that that's what came down to the decision. Tell me about that decision, man. Tell me about that. What what made you like? Tell me every single step of of you know what happened. Uh, did you just win the last one and you were just like, yeah, it's time for me to move on? And like, what what steps did you take to make that final decision that says, you know what, I'm gonna risk it all and I'm gonna go play Call of Duty? Um, like I said, year by year, um, it just didn't look like it was growing as much as I wanted to. So. Um, I just wasn't comfortable with the job I was having, I guess. And after the event, um, they announced like a 500k prize pool for a year, so which I wasn't really thrilled about that. And I was like, you know, this might be the time. Like, I'd make the switch, and if there's a better time, it's like it's probably just now's the best time. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with that. And then um, it was between Valorant and Call of Duty, like I said. And when you when you when your team when you told your teammates, how did you approach that? What did you tell them? What did they say? Um, I mean, they're happy that I was doing, I guess, like for me personally. I mean, I don't think they won't lose me as a teammate, but I think they knew it was probably what's best for me. So, I mean, that's where they are with that. Yeah. How did you tell Gil? Um, he had to have known though, right? Cause you guys are super tight, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we have like group chat, like we're all really good friends in our group chat. So like when I brought it up, it was to everybody at first, like everyone like found out at the same time, but, um, I told him, like, I'm deciding, like, uh, there's a roster lock for years. I was like, hey, if I get an offer for, like, Call of Duty or something like that before the roster lock, um, I'm going to, like, make the switch. But we'll see. And, like, as time went on, um, it was getting close to the roster lock for Gears or whatever, and I still didn't have an offer. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I just, I just want to make the switch. I want to do it, and I'm going to take that chance. Like, I'm going to give up my job and go for what I want to do, and that's Call of Duty. So were you prepared to go through challengers? Like, were, like when you said, I, I'm just going to do it, were you 
ready to do anything it took? Yeah, I was prepared for anything. Like, it didn't matter. Like, starting from the bottom, if I had to, all the way to the top or, you know, top, starting at the top, it doesn't matter to me. I just wanted to play and prove that I'm willing to put the time in and become the best COD player. Cool. All right, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to say hello to the sponsors really quickly, and then we'll be back to you. Uh, the first sponsor we got to give a shout out to is obviously the one that's always here every single time we do a podcast, and that is DoorDash. The reason that I like DoorDash is because it's something that I use on a daily basis. It's something that we use every single time we're creating content. Between the never-ending uh shoot this podcast here get on a phone call over there matt go do this that title doesn't work this one does you did a good job on the thumbnail it, you sometimes forget to order food and you don't have time i don't have time to go home and make it on my own i'm not gonna put judith through that she's not there to cook me food she's there as my partner to offer advice and to give me give me love okay to do all the nice things that she does so shout out to jude while we're at it gosh darn it because she's the real sponsor for all this but in the meantime, if you want Chinese or, or live in Jude One Pizza and someone's craving Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash, okay? You can continue supporting the restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash, okay? Because DoorDash is the application that brings food, the food that you're craving, to your door right when you order it. I'll give it a couple of minutes and it'll get there. Ordering is easy. You open your DoorDash application, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely at your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting with over 300 uh, partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. Mate, you can order your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants, restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Most of the time, it's me ordering from El Re Pollo Regio, which is super far away, but they make some carne asada and they give you the little uh, grilled toreado jalapeno peppers and then they give you a, a little a little little bucket of frijoles charros and a little bucket of rice. It's so good. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash application, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left safely at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash application and enter code eavesdrop okay that's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash application in the app store and enter code e-a-v-e-s-d-r-o-p okay one last time for those in the back that's code eavesdrop for five dollars off your first order with doordash it's gonna be 15 dollars or more and like i always say i don't trust any man or woman that orders food and it isn't more than 15 bucks live life to the fullest enjoy your food and be happy. And for the first time ever, for the first time stepping up to the plate and supporting the Eavesdrop podcast and your man's uh, Hector uh, Hacks, <laughs> uh, we have Full Sail University. As I, as I explained earlier, like we actually won a tournament. Well, I'm sorry. We came close to winning a tournament there, but something very memorable happened. I can tell you one thing. Who won it? I only know because I was there. More people remember the optic van incident that happened with Killa, Nate Shot, and I was sitting there, I was yelling, and everything was happening. More than the people that actually won the championship. So there you go. Little moments here and there uh, can can carry you through. Either way, look, gaming and tech. That's something that we talk about here all the time. I mean, the hex quarters alone is a uh, is a, it's a habitat for technology, creativity, and online video game entertainment. Gosh darn it. And we talk about gaming and technology a lot on this channel, right? Not just on this channel, but everywhere that we, that we produce content. But what if you were interested in actually creating your own vision of these uh, products, whether it's creating a video game or uh, advertising or, you know, everything that you need to, to know in order to be a good participant of eSports? Um, where do you start? Full Sail University offers bachelor's and master's degrees both on campus and online and online uh, that focus on the professional needs of the gaming and technology industries. Technology industries, that's, uh, that's, that's important. Through hands-on accelerated programs, uh, you can familiarize yourself with the same tools, software, and equipment used by industry professionals. Okay? And with degrees from game design and game development to computer science information technology simulation and more there are a variety of programs offered to you to help you build your very specific skill sets to learn more about full sales programs as well as potential scholarship opportunities do you think i could get a spot a sponsorship a scholarship yeah right easy man thank you uh to learn more about full sales programs as well as potential scholarship opportunities visit fullsale.edu at 
forward slash eavesdrop. That's fullsail.edu forward slash eavesdrop. Huge shout out to you guys, man. I do appreciate it. I, I, I miss going to your facility to play some video games. That's actually the first time that I saw a fan not want an autograph for Nate Shot. And this was at the height of Nate Shot. I think the story's for another time, but I've had nothing but good memories from Full Sail University. So I, I feel like things have come full circle for me because we 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 were there one day and then now they're sponsoring the podcast so that's super super cool. Uh the last uh sponsor for this week is Hims. Okay? And let me tell you a little bit about Hims. And I've told you about Hims before. I use it. I specifically use the lotion that they provide for these eyes and these crow's feet to not be a thing. Do you want to get smooth buttery skin? Do you want to keep your hair as luscious as me? Look, it's easy. Okay, because you got to act before it's too late. By the time that you stop or that you start showing some of these effects, it might be a little bit too late. Okay, because 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of 35. You're 22, you're 24. Matt, you guys got a couple of years. I mean, I'd be worried. Okay, once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Matt, thinning? It's it might it's not too late, Matt. Uh, is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards, Billy? I don't think so. Any bald spots yet, Matt? He says no. The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing uh, when they can turn to medicine and science? Right? Forhims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Matt, it's time to write a new chapter, one which you have hair, okay? Look, bottom line is this. There's no snake oil pills or gas station counters supplements, okay? This is actual prescriptions backed by science, actual solutions backed by scientists. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor visits or long pharmacy lines for Hims connects you to licensed medical professionals online, which you can which could save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few questions. A medical professional will review what you've answered and you know, determine if they uh, a certain treatment is right for you. Can prescribe some of your medication to treat hair loss that's shipped right to your door in a privacy box, okay? And today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners, the listeners of the Eavesdrop podcast, can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to forhims.com slash eavesdrop5. That's forhims.com forward slash eavesdrop5. The number five, okay? The, this is saying though this is something that you guys got to pay attention to you must include the following in order to receive a full refund of price paid available for the nine the first 90 days supply refund request must be made night between 90 and 180 days after the product shipment was delivered prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate restrictions apply see the website for full details and important safety information i'm going to tell you one time one more time remember that's forhims.com. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash E A V E S D R O P, followed by the number five to get your first visit absolutely free. So, again, huge thank you to the sponsors DoorDash, Full Sale, and Hims. All right, Billy. Bill, is it William? No, it's just Billy. It's just Billy? Yeah, just Billy. What's, uh, do you have any middle name? I mean, Wayne's my middle name. And do, what's your last name? Putnam. Putnam. And I'm a junior. And you're a junior. So you're Billy Wayne, Wayne Putnam, Putnam Jr. Jr. I'm a junior too. Hector Raul oh, really? Rodriguez, yeah. Okay. Um, Matt has three last names. Or three first names. Matt Kale Craig. That's his name behind the camera. I like it. It's like Kenny's. Justin Michael Kenny. That's his yeah, name. Yeah, Justin Michael Kenny. Yeah, like shout out to that names. dude, bro. I love that guy. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, what what are your expectations going into this thing? Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of eyes are going to be on you. And look, I'm going to I'm gonna start this second half of the podcast by saying that I fucking called it, right? I said that if I was coming into this league and I wasn't Optic Hacks, I'm sorry, if and I wasn't Hacks, and I didn't have the following that I have, and I didn't have my Scumper Jumper, and I didn't have my, my team that I have now, and I'm just a brand new team like the LA Gorillas or the Seattle Surge, and I'm looking at the, at the space, 
I'm picking one Call of Duty pro that 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 I see has uh, a good leadership potential, and then I'm picking the use. I'm picking the the lethal. I'm picking the explosive, the snake bites, the royals. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm picking mm-hmm. these 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 uh these anomaly players from other teams that are just so separated from the from the pack just from a winning mentality because everybody can shoot straight at that level everybody shoots straight and this is something mm-hmm. scump tells me all the time because i'm like yo is this guy good blah blah he says at this level anybody can shoot straight and anybody can do this it's the it's the mentality and the defining moments that will separate the one percent from the top one percent of the one percent so for me it was it was a good leadership guy on the on, on from from call of duty and then just three Anomalies from other esports to come to come into this thing. It's surprising to me though that you said that you, you play Valorant on a keyboard and mouse, and that that's normal to you. Like that that there was no adjustment period. To I it? mean, I think I was like fourteen. I started playing CS, and that's when I got used to the mouse and keyboard. So over time, it just came more natural. So and okay, so this is what this is what confuses people. People that aren't in the you know in the top ten percent, or people that are about this this sport or esports in general. It's once you know how to shoot, you know how to shoot, right? It's just a different mechanic that you're using. Um, is it is it easy for you? Does it, is there an adjustment game that it takes for you to to get back into the groove of things, or is it just as good, or is it just like you picking up a just anything and, and being good um, good at uh, point and shooting? Honestly, after a while, like mouse and keyboard just became natural. Like so, any game I played on like PC or something like that, it just seemed pretty natural. Like um. Like I said, CS is the game I started on PC, and then I went to, like, um, H1 and all that. So, like, over time, my aim just became better. And then, like, Apex I played, and I did really good in Apex. I even played, like, um, those big online tournaments. I got, like, top six or top eight in one of them in the pro one. And it was your teammate's fault. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I wish. But honestly, um, it just became more natural over time. So when I played Valorant, it felt like a little bit like CS and then, like, just a first-person shooter and just aim at the head and shoot, you know. Pretty much that's it. Pretty much it. Um, what What's easier, in your opinion, now that you've tried the Xbox controller, the PlayStation controller, and keyboard and mouse? Where, what's the What's the most natural fit to you? Uh, I mean, it's easy to say Xbox because those are even playing, yeah. but is it controller or keyboard is my question. Probably controller still, but I, I do enjoy the mouse and keyboard a little bit more. Yeah. Do you think that, obviously, as, a, as an outsider's perspective, do you think that current Call of Duty pros would have an easy time transition to keyboard and mouse if it ever went down to that? I think it depends on like like everybody. Like um if they've never picked up a mouse, I think it would be really hard. If they've played like here and there like over time, like I could see it being easy for them, but it just depends if you ever play on the mouse and keyboard. I think it takes a while to learn it though. Like um a few months, maybe like 6, I would say 6 to a year um to get really like a good feel of it, but it's not something you can just pick up and like be really good at like the first month yeah i mean if you if you look at if i look at and this is what confuses me about people that 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 are like oh keyboard and mouse is gonna come in here and fucking dominate like all these pro players from other teams are going clayster crim six scump formal uh i mean you name it these are all players from call of duty that are controller centric first that have been able to play esea to a high rank on Counter Strike, so I don't understand where this this whole myth comes from. That you know, obviously that these obviously well for me, it's it's easier to use a keyboard and mouse because you're using more more of your your digits yeah, essentially, you're more, right? Yeah, right. You're using all five fingers on one hand instead of just three because this is what you use when you're shooting or you're paddle jumping and you're controlling. So six fingers in comparison to a total of even call it eight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like okay, that's easier to do, right? There's more, there's more opportunity for you to be able to have more dexterity on the things that you're doing on the keyboard and commands that you're giving your character. So I get that point. So I get why people will say that people who have been playing only on PC for like their entire lives so are going to be, it's going to be an easy transition for them to come in and compete. But I've seen Scump play against people on a keyboard and mouse, and you know, Scump is still Scump. There's really no, and, and Nate Shot said it too in our podcast. I'm like, there's, there's really in the podcast, there's really no. There's really no like true advantage, right? Um, there's anomaly players in every single esport, just period. That's just the way things are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that given the opportunity to to compete, I think I do think that players that exist today who who do play on, on on keyboard and mouse, they will be able to keep up. I don't see a scenario in which they don't, man. Personally, yeah. I mean, honestly, like 
I'm thinking Fortnite, Apex, even like there's like a controller player on each team. Like controllers, like really good still. Like even if like PC players switched, I could see like the same pros in Call of Duty being the same, like the same yeah. top pros. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see like a PC player unless it's like somebody like Shroud or something like that come in and like take the number one spot. You know what I mean? So that's the way I'm looking at it, kind of. Um, controllers still kind of dominant. Yeah, I think they dominate esports still. Yeah, like I think it's, look, people well, are gonna say aim assist, right? Well, that's the first thing. They're yeah, doing. I mean aim assist is kind of like huge factor, but um, you just there's something about the mouse and keyboard you get. Like when you get a mouse, like you you just like this more precise aim. It's kind of easier to aim with the mouse and keyboard, but with controller, it's a little bit harder. And what, but with the aim assist, it's a little it makes it a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, I still think controller is more dominant. Yeah. Um, so looking looking at the future and looking at this, like what, what what's your expectation for this year? Um, for Call of Duty, um, I just want to I want to be the best I can and be the best teammate. Um, essentially, just work my way up uh, in the field and just honestly start winning. Like hopefully win challengers or something like that, and then make my way to the big leagues and then like win that. So about a year span I'll give myself. I hope I'm like the very top by mm-hmm. then. But if not, I'll just keep grinding and keep doing my thing. But at the end of the day, I just want to become the best I can, like take it day by day. Uh, Call of Duty, obviously, like like years, depends on a lot of the, the people that you team up with. Is that something that you pay close attention to? Uh, this is this is what I'm saying. You're going to be in a position to face everybody that's that's been sort of having you know, their opinions about you without without you knowing. You're no stranger to people yelling at you. You know what I'm saying? This isn't, yeah. if anything, you're more well-equipped to face that sort of wrath from someone screaming at you than anybody else in Call of Duty, period, right? You play Gears of War, which is the most confrontational. Back in the day, fights used to fucking break out, mm-hmm. right? Like with, 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 with when there were fucking actual goons fucking playing this shit, right? Yeah. The, the, the Nick Mercs and all the old dudes from the, from afar. That's why Diesel was so into that shit. Big fucking tall dude yeah. fucking heading in there and just, <laughs> you know, throwing, throwing bows, right? So... Um, are you looking forward to that? Is that something that you think of, or is it like whoever you play, whoever you play? Um, I mean, I don't see anybody like in the Call of Duty scene being as like aggressive or confrontational as like the Gears players. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, the Gears players are the Gears players. Like, because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna interrupt you, bro. Cause I, I would make a fucking list. I would fucking like I, I do that now. Like people talk shit, I screenshot that shit just in case I ever. <laughs> I, I have a list of of of, uh, of why I block people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So in, in alphabetical order. So if somebody goes in my stream and says, "Hey, this is my this is my uh, if I stream," if somebody comes in and says, "Hey, you blocked me on Twitter. I don't know why." And I'll be like, "What's your Twitter account? What's your Twitter name?" And then I'll be like, "All right, cool. I'll I'll, I'll pay attention to everything." Oh uh, yeah, he was being, he was being <laughs> yeah, racist. Yeah, exactly. Right? He, he can't do that. Right? You can't call me a beaner. Because it's crazy. <laughs> um, that happened once, and I couldn't believe that he didn't remember that he did that. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm always I'm also very good at just um, muting people, but I have a list. Right? Is that do you not like look at people who are talking shit? I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this motherfucker. I, I would. I'd be like, ooh. I guess uh. if it's like super, like I don't know, outlandish, like I'd be like, okay, I'll keep an eye. I still don't really block anybody, but yeah. my mentality is like, I kind of just kill them with kindness and just prove myself in game. Let let the sticks do the talking, and then you'll be surprised. Like a lot of the haters become like supporters by mm-hmm. the end of like um, the year or something. Yeah, so be they, it. they want a team and shit. Yeah, like I've already seen like people talk all this shit on Twitter, and then they like. Like they're just all cool all of a sudden. Like they follow me on, they just follow me randomly on Twitter, or like I'll see in the stream like these um, Twitch chatters talking shit, yeah. and then like I play really good and a hitch throwback, and you see them all like praising me now. It's like it's weird. I just expect them to be like my supporters eventually. Yeah. That's all I want to do. Yeah, that's dope, man. Again, you know, and, and and you can't blame them, right? Like they they see some hot shit, hot shit, hot shot kid coming from uh, from a different esport thinking that he's going to come in and dominate. You can see why there's reluctance in people's minds and saying just, oh, you know, you're welcome. Welcome with open arms. Mm-hmm. So I get that mentality too. And I think that I'd be, look, you know what's crazy? As, as I'm saying that, a, a thought popped in my head. I remember clearly feeling the same way that some of these people feel when Activision was super, super, super on all these big orgs is nuts. They were like, oh, yeah, we want people like Cloud9 in here. We want people like TSM. And we want people like that. That'd be really cool if we have these big. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've been here for fucking 10 years. (laughs) You showed zero fucking support. And now you're kissing the ass or or, or showing preference to other people. Like this was a 
we call it five years ago, no. right? Like when EG stepped in, everyone said, "Oh my God, EG is fucking here. They're the they're the uh, uh, they they're an actual company. They're not like optics. See, optics big, but they're not a real company." That was Golden Boy, by the way. I, I love Golden Boy. That's my boy. <laughs> but he was one of those dudes that was just like straight kissing ass, like. Oh my God, it's so good because now you're gonna see a real company step in here and really show like what they got and you know like look, I'm not taking shots at Optic or any any of the other orgs that are here, but EG is an actual business. I'm like, how fuck? How, how do you know how much money I'm making as a business? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Shut your ass up. Maybe. Love you, Golden Boy. You're my boy. You hope <laughs> to have you on the podcast one day so you can clear that shit up. But anyway, I felt the same way when 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 people were like hyping up other organizations coming in here. When I've been in here busting my ass, making sure that there's viewerships and you know coming in, make sure there's storylines coming. in, I got a little bit offended. So now that I've gone through that, why are you here, man? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. You just you, you get to see like the haters turn the supporters, and I've already been through it. Like like when I started playing gears competitively, like I used to be like a little bit more immature and just talk all my shit back and just get like aggressive on it. But at the end of the day, you kind of just, like you you learn the more you like play competitively. Like just like nothing you can do about it. Like it's a never ending conversation if you try to fight back. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, you just got to prove yourself. Every single day. Yeah, literally. That's uh, that's insane. So tell me about uh, the the Valorant thing. What 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 about that game made you want to play it? What is it that attracted you to that? It was like a new esport, right? Like it had really high expectations from Riot, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a battle royale. So like I don't see the RNG in it. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I want to be really good at this game. Like it's new. Like everybody has a fair shot at it. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick it up, and I grinded it for like the first couple months, and I got really good at it. Like. I play at like the highest rank and I play against pros, play with pros all the time. So like from CS or even Valorant now. Mm-hmm. So at the t- it was just really fun. Was I there like- ever a conversation about you actually teaming up with some of these pros from uh, Counter-Strike or was it, because uh, I see that as a close knit community. No matter where you go, it's a friendship league. No matter where you go, it's a friendship league. It's who you know that's gonna mm-hmm. get you into these things, right? Was it, is it it's like that or did you actually get like, did you get into discussions with other pros from CS to say, hey, who's your team in Valorant? Um, not really, but I d- a few of us follow each other back, and they kind of, like, know my name from ranked and all that. But at the end of the day, PC doesn't respect council as, like, council like, does with, like, Gears or COD or Halo, all that. So I don't really know any of them, so I didn't really hit in, hitting them up. I just kind of try to make a name for myself in the ranked, and there's a lot of good players ranked. So, I mean... Yeah. Is there a path to pro in, in, in that scene like that? Like, do you think that if you continue to do what you're doing on Valorant, that you'd be able to get recognized enough to where somebody's going to pick you up? Or do you think that uh, in scenarios like that, it's who you know and, and you know, making making the right networking decisions? Um, I guess it goes both ways. Like, if I just, like, kept competing in Valorant and, like, I met these people and I, like, kind of saw, like, a lot of talent in them i would play with them and like we kind of make a team and try to build our way up so like we'd play these um open invitationals and try to make like try to make invitationals right and then make a name for ourselves then and then like you get to know more people so honestly yeah there is some friendships you can do but at the, at the same time you don't really need that like you can just prove yourself like when your time's coming like you know what i mean so like at the yeah. end of the day like if you're the best like you're gonna get an opportunity so that's my mindset on that are you are you uh, are you good at telling people they're not good enough to be on your team, or how is, how does that discussion go? Because at the end of the day, it is a team sport, and unless everybody's on the same page, and more more important, if you are really good at the game but you're a fucking asshole and nobody wants to team with you, that also comes into play. So do you? How do you go about those decisions? Like I'm talking Valorant specific. Like how do you? continue to cycle through players until you land on the team that's actually going to make a difference in uh, in competition well with my experience i kind of get a feel of like attitudes on people like if they're if we're down like 3-0 or something like that 4-0 off rip and like their attitude is just shit and like they're just complaining like i don't want to play something like that i want someone that is never going to give up or um has a really good attitude you know so that goes a far way and then plus like the talent in them if i see them in a clutch situation mess up really bad it's whatever like but if they consistently do it you know they don't really perform well under pressure like you kind of get the feels of the, like the teammates you play with at the end of the day so if i team with someone and i thought they're really bad like i want to play with them mm-hmm. like simple as that you gotta look up for yourself sometimes too yeah and then yeah just build rebuild from there if anything so obviously you um 
you abandoned Gil. No, I'm kidding. You, so, <laughs> you uh, do you see other pros from other? Obviously, like I, I think that now more than ever, especially with the support that Call of Duty has gotten, I think that a lot of a, a lot. A lot of console pros mm -hmm. are sort of like, I mean, if you think about Snakebite, right? Like Snakebite is also looking to make a little bit of a change because he doesn't know when, when, um, when, what, does anyone know when Halo's going to start? Uh, like no, no one. I was like, so what do you do, right? Like what do you do in situations like that where you want to play the eSport that you want, but the eSport isn't necessarily there for you to support you and your aspirations? Mm -hmm. Because I can imagine that if they would have kept the same price, then you would have just con continued to do your own thing. Or do you think that you have accomplished so much in this that you would have just chosen Call of Duty anyway? Um, I didn't really give it too much thought, I guess, about that. I don't know. Honestly, that's like... I probably still would have wanted to make the switch of Call of Duty eventually. I really do enjoy watching the game and playing it. And there's just something about it. I want to be in those certain scenarios and clutch situations and like that main stage that they get. So, yeah. I mean, I do want to, would have been now to make the switch if Gears had a lot of money in it. I don't know, but now's the time. So, yeah. that's all I'm looking at. It doesn't matter. You're right. Yep. It does not matter. Uh, so, do you see other other people moving on to, to different esports? Like, um, I don't know. With now, and again, this is what I was trying to say. With with the path that people like Formal, Shotzi, Enable, Hook, uh, you name it, anybody else that I forget, I'm sorry, uh, that they've shown, like, do you see more people be more willing to step out of their comfort zone and, and show up into into a different esport? I do, actually. Um, there's more Halo players and even some Gears players that want to make the switch. Like, um, uh, world Championship, who uh, uh, World Champion, who was teammate with Shotzi, Renegade. Mm -hmm. um, I'm cool with him, and he was going to be my teammate in Challengers, or might be. So, I mean, he's really good, actually, at Call of Duty himself. Yeah. Um, Snakebite, like you said, might want to make the switch. Um, Neptune, who's been grinding a lot, he's really good at Call of Duty. And even, like, Gears players like Lava wants to make the switch. Shock. Mm -hmm. um, and precision or something like that. So there's a lot of players that are actually willing to make the switch now. And yeah. I think now's the best time, especially where Call of Duty's at and the yeah. other two console games are right now. Call of Duty's definitely in the move. And I think more people are starting to realize that. Yeah. Like the longevity in Call of Duty is just up there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ignore the garbage guy. He's coming in here. He makes a fucking noise all the time. <laughs> Gotta do his job, Matt. Don't get mad, Matt. Um, <laughs> you know what I wanna see, Matt? What I wanna see this year. Billy, because I want to see as many people as like I want to see. Uh, look, and I don't want to say this obviously because it, it it sounds different coming from a person like me. Um, but I want to see more Gears of War players. Like I want to see a, a team full of Gears of War players. Like you know what I'm saying? Like uh, like I want to see these guys yeah. in the challenger floor. Just fucking mopping the floor with some, you know, with other challengers and getting beat too. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not favorite for any, but I do want to see them like fucking bring that swagger to Call of Duty that Call of Duty needs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I want to see that, man. I want to see, I want to see that them, them, them hype moments, just pointing at people. I want to see explosive say these lies do things to people yeah. coming in here with his chains, like fucking. 14 championship rings from a different esport. I came to take your rings too, motherfucker. I've been telling him to make the switch too. He's he'd be really good at Call of Duty. Him and I competed together in like AW, and there's actually a lot of talent in Gears. So I could see yeah. like a lot of Gears players like doing really well in Call of Duty. I mean, Gears is like a hard shooter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So honestly, I could see him doing really well in Call of Duty. They just have to like make the full switch, which I think some are scared to do. Yeah, and that's the problem. Cause, do you like, think it's a salary thing, or what do you what do you think it is? A little bit, I guess they're making incoming gears, like most pros, obviously. So they don't want to give that up and take the chance on Call of Duty. And like gears isn't like as big, so like their connections aren't there as well. Mm -hmm. So like, I get it; it's a little scary, but I mean, you just gotta do it sometimes. And yeah, that's where they're at though. And there's a lot of talent in gears though. All right, man. Listen, I I. Uh I want to hear some final thoughts of you just uh, from a winning perspective. What does it take, right? People that watch this, uh, play this casually, play Call of Duty casually, play video games casually. Uh, but there are some out there that feel that they are above average. What's the sort, what's the sort of advice you would give uh, to aspiring pros? Uh, just keep grinding. Just have the right attitude. And as time goes, I hope they like mature more and like just gain more experience and like better mindset overall because at the end of the day, like, a lot of people like are really good at the game. Like they could all shoot, but it's just about having a winning mentality, and that's um, just doing the right things, being the right teammate, and being the best teammate possible. Because mm -hmm. teammates, without teammates, you can't win. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to have the right teammates and surround yourself with good teammates, and be that good teammate so you don't have to be, you know, get dropped or something like that. And just keep grinding, honestly. Is that the approach that you take? Yeah, for the most part, I don't want to play with anybody that's like very naggy or something like that, or. 
um, shit attitude because it's no fun. And without having fun, like, it's going to be hard to win. And that's always been, like, my mentality in that, like, gears. Like, I try to have fun because if you're having fun, you play better. And I truly believe that. It's perfect ending, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I want you to – all right, mark, mark the time, Matt, okay? We are, I think, four weeks after Roster Lock just uh, season one of uh, just ended. I want to have the same conversation with you at the end of next season, man. I want to, I want to, I want to sort of revisit the same conversation and see the the waves that you've been making. I'm obviously gonna be paying close attention to you because I've always always paid co close attention to my ex teammates, um, and I wish you nothing but the best, man. I truly do. I want you to prove people wrong, but above all, I just want you to continue to be you and just care about yourself and you winning, care about your teammates and your org the way that you have. Uh, you're an exemplary uh, competitor, and I'll always speak well of you no matter what situation I'm in. Even when you play against us, <laughs> if you play against us, I'm, I'm still going to be rooting for you. I appreciate that. I don't that. know how that works, but I'll make it happen, brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate man. it. Appreciate you. See you in one year. Well, I'll see you more, but I'm looking forward in to this it. thing, yeah. one year. Let's do it. No, you can't have any of your trophies <laughs> anymore. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 74, 72. Um, again, one last shout out to DoorDash, Full Sail University, and of course, for Hims.